Happy Tuesday, everybody. Good morning. Uh, again, assuming it's morning, I think most people listen in the morning, and the data backs that up. Um, uh, today, we have an awesome episode with Aaron James Draplin, the uh, founder of Field Notes Notebooks. You might use Field Notes, you might have seen Field Notes, um, or you might have friends who use Field Notes. They're beautiful, uh, minimal notebooks that fit in your pocket, uh, very popular. Um, Aaron was uh, just a really, really fun interview. Just a super honest, straightforward guy. Um, there is some swearing in this episode, not a ton, but some enough so that I'm just giving you a heads up. If you listen with your kids in the car or if you listen, uh, if you're offended by harsh language, uh, you know, might want to sit this one out. Love you all. You know what? Our friends considered a little t-shirt company. They can sell some t-shirts, pay for their season passes. And it's not this big deal that you're having to put, have a business plan and everything else. So for me to like make a fake non-company company brand, whatever, it just comes from this really simple place of like, who cares whether or not it's a company? Let's just make a bunch. Welcome everybody to the Making the Brand podcast. My name is Billy Draper. I work in early stage venture capital. And on this show, we're going to be talking about brands. We'll talk to founders and leaders of growing consumer companies that are finding ways to stand out, differentiate, and delight their customers. On today's show, we have Aaron James Draplin, the founder and CDO of Field Notes Notebooks. He teaches us that building a business shouldn't be overcomplicated. All right, so today on the show, we have a very special guest. We have Aaron James Draplin. Uh, the co-founder and CDO of Field Notes, uh, among many other things. Aaron, thank you so much for coming on the show. You got it, man. Let's do it. So to start out, what is Field Notes? Well, um, it's a little memo book company that um, kind of came out of frustration. I uh, I couldn't find my own at like cool stores. You know, I, there were versions out there. One of them rhymes with scroll skiing. And I could, you know, I, I bought a bunch of those and they were cool. Um, so I just made my own, you know, and really what it comes from it, like if you go to like a lumber mill or you go to a feed and seed, they just have stacks of these things to give you. And the idea was, so I want to make something that's as simple as that, that I could give to my buddies. Isn't this big ask? It isn't this big bum out if I'm handing it off, you know, and, and, you know, like, um, like I'm out of pocket a bunch of cash because, you know, when you went into like a, you know, some haberdashery a hundred years ago, they just are like a bank. They gave you these things, you know, so they just had to be affordable, simple. And then, of course, as undesigned as possible, because the stuff that you saw, you know, on sort of an agrarian level across America, it was just to promote seeds, you know, and different feeds and, you know, stuff like that. So um, that's what I, you know, I, I just had to kind of make my own. So how did you get into the memo book business? Well, I didn't. I mean, when you when you I, I kind of didn't um, when I just sort of, you know, I think, you know, the, the funnest things you'll make in your life, they kind of start as a hobby. And it was just this thing where it was like, oh, it'd be cool to have these little books. And what I had been doing for a couple of years was I had been like, you know, I had like this sort of non-brand brand. I was screen printing field notes on existing books or on books I had built or 
whatever I was making. I mean, these things, I collected them all, I have them all. And, you know, I was using these things to, um, you know, to, to sketch and make lists and make notes. But it was, you know, I, a friend would see it and say, God, those are cool. Do you, you have any more of those? And it was like, well, you know, I, I just made this one. So it, when, when, you, when you do it from that perspective, and I did a couple hundred, and then you know, I start giving them out to all my buddies. And then I give a couple, you know, a stack to Jim Kudal, who is, you know, this guy in Chicago. And really the, the first of the stack that I gave him, it was from the first, like, 2000 that I printed. Because, you know, I got frustrated. Like, there's no way I can go back and hand Goko these things, these little Japanese um, screen printers. I can't go hand Goko these things and make 200 more. I gave those all out. I did my first run, 2,000 books, 2,000 bucks, something like that. And... Um, Start giving them out to friends, you know, by the handfuls. And it was just that classic craft brown paper, you know, that first one. And um, gave a stack to Jim Kudal. And then Jim saw something and kind of, you know, freaked out me. He's like, I mean, you know what you have here? And I, I, I didn't know what he was talking about. And, you know, Jim has just got that little visionary sixth, you know, sixth sense to, like, say, I see something here. And you're, you, you don't see it. I mean, to me, it's just enough to give it to my buddies, right? So... He sees something, I give him the stack, we shake hands, and it becomes a thing. And that's how I got into the, well, to say business. But really, it's Jim, because Jim saw something and built a website and started to get it into the hands of, you know, colleagues. And, of course, I have it with all my buddies, a bunch of rat bastards, you know, of course, <laughs> corrigibles, pirates, you know, horse thieves, web developers, all society's worst, you know, Um uh, I, I'm, but those people aren't, you know, moving and shaking at South by Southwest and shit. And Jim knows all these groupers and all these sorts of names and stuff. And he knows these guys and he's giving them out to these people and they're talking about them. And we're starting to see, you know, we're getting little sales. It was really cool. And then there was some media, you know, like, wow, this is right at the, you know, like, you know, the time of iPhone coming out. And, you know, this iPhone comes out and really changes the landscape. That's our television, Right. You know, we grew up with the television, but, you know, when the television came out for my mom, it changed everyone's whole deal. And we got to experience that with that little phone. <clears throat> so we started to talk about it and people started to react. And um, But that would have been about 2005, six, something like that. Yeah. And did the first batch of 2000, did you have a name for them? Did they have anything on the cover or were they yeah, just blanks? Field notes, field notes. So how'd you come up with the name? Well, it just seemed, it just seemed, let's just say, um, like like forgettable just enough. I mean, the idea was there was something beautiful about just saying exactly what it was. You know, here I was traveling more and more, and I'm drawing on planes, and I'm drawing in hotel rooms, and I'm I'm in a meeting somewhere sketching at these things in my front pocket, and you know I'm out in the field. So when you go back and you look at you know the beauty of something that doesn't put on any airs. And it's just like, well, what is that thing? Well, it, it could have been just called notebook, you know, or it could have just been called memo book, you know. But there was something cool about it being like this, like, I don't know, this almost like this ode, you know, to these things that you may or may not have found 50 or 60 years ago. Just like what's, you know, it, they're modeled after like a ration can. And when you see a ration can from like World War Two or really any of the wars, it's they're they're completely undesigned. It's just function only, function first. There's nothing else to really put into it, you know. And there's something so perfect about that, you know. And I, I you know, that's that's what the idea was was like just to make something simple, and 
you know, I the, the sort of daring quality, like, first of all, who am I to think that I can even start a company? Well, I, I'm not shit. I mean, I'll say that first, but coming from skateboarding and coming from, you know, BMX and coming from snowboarding, we just had this sort of weird license where it was like, you know what? Our friends can start a little t-shirt company. They can sell some t-shirts, pay for their season passes. And it's not this big deal that you're having to put have a business plan and everything else. So for me to like make a fake non-company company brand, whatever, it just comes from this really simple place of like, who cares whether or not it's a company? Let's just make a bunch. You know, it's almost like the name was almost like an afterthought. I just needed more to use, you know? Yeah, you're, I mean, you're, uh, for those that don't know, you're like a, a great designer by trade. And I think your aesthetic is very much ration can. It seems like minimalism is something that you live and you design with and you think about everything in terms of how can we get rid of as many pieces as possible and turn this into the basic thing. And I think that's just timeless. Well, it worked when I was a little boy and it worked you know, before I existed, you know, 70 years ago or something, it worked. It was, it was, it's function, you know, and there's something, I just don't want us to forget about that stuff. You know, I don't don't need it to be a lesson or whatever, but I don't want it to go away, you know, and that's kind of the interesting part. It's like, you know, I was in the nineties and I don't, how old are you, Billy? 30. Okay. Well, enjoy your youth, punk. (laughs) The whole world is new to Billy Draper. Now, Aaron, what is this thing? It's called a monitor. Wow. wow. <laughs> just everything's a just wonderment. Okay, well, you know, what the hell was I even saying? Something profound. What was I saying? Uh, minimal. Uh, we were talking about the, your minimal aesthetic and how it's been around forever and function. Yeah, and then it, it just, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm just frazzled. I, I just had a really busy week. I finished up a new book cover for John Hodgman. I handed off uh, T-shirt graphics for a, a jam band called Fish. Very interesting, uh, problematic because I, I, I can't listen to the stuff. But nice people, spirited fans. Um, I just I just been so crazy. Um, but I mean, there's just something about like when you saw something that worked so long ago, like why change it? And when it was my turn to get into this stuff in the 90s, I was smack dab in the middle of like, you could do whatever you want. It was this almost like free fall, free form, free fall, free form, like puking on a page. I mean, at 30, I don't know if you would remember. I had 15 years on yet, but it was called like post, post, post modern, you know, and basically it was just kind of horseshit, you know, it was just... It was just kind of decoration. It was fashion. And it scared me because even though cool things were being designed with it, <clears throat> it felt frivolous. And then when you started to get around people who were like getting grad degrees and shit for it, you just saw what a, you know, what a fart, a stiff wind the whole thing was. It was just like, ugh, like this is going to go away. So I am going to go and study and I am going to go and look at things instead of like, taking the bait for whatever's cool this month. I'm going to go and study the things that seem to work. And that would be like a ration can or a stretched canvas, um, you know, like, you know, like a modernist geometric uh, 70s, you know, pop art, you know, uh, wall art thing. You know, they, I don't even know what you even call these things. I just remember, you know, aunts and uncles having them, you know, and it's like those things don't exist anymore. When they do exist, they're out there 
you know, for big bucks. And I just want them to be like accessible. You know, that's like the, a lot of what I try to do is just make design that people can enjoy um, that doesn't take giant budgets and giant egos. And sometimes it can just be kind of just kind of cool. We don't really need to pick it apart much past that, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah, I think I think you were early to the the what I mean, the minimalist style, because I imagine in the 90s, it was like Nickelodeon and Fresh Prince and all the different colors and shadows and and um, sort of the opposite of the trends of the last 10 years where it's how do we boil this down to what it what it is? We don't need uh, we don't need all the colors. Right. I mean, this is, you know, when you come from kind of, you know, I don't want to say nothing because I just suddenly makes my, you know, like my mom and dad or something like it sounds a little weird or something. But when you feel like an underdog and you see folks around you who have it a little bit easier, you learn to scrap, you know, you just learn to scrap. And I remember not having, you know, the resources to have, you know, every color used or something when I was working on something and basically it being okay. You know what I mean? It was like, okay, I knew how to work around that stuff. And it wasn't this heartbreak thing where it was like, well, the next guy's got this much more than me. It was like, who gives a shit? I can make this crusty little thing work for me with one color. Because frankly, that's what the guy in a lumberyard was doing. And many times, way better than what we do. Because, you know, everything is due yesterday. And everything, you know, there's just, I mean, you know, you know, there was just no pressure from you. And it wasn't this harsh thing where it's like the moment I say yes, I'm starting to have to like avoid because it's like, listen, I'm on the road. I'm going crazy, you know, and it's like, I don't know. I don't even know where I'm even going with any of this stuff. It's just like I not only do I design by paring things down, but that's the way I work, too, you know, just for peace of mind. So we're not making ourselves unnecessarily nuts, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah. I think it makes a ton of sense. How how did you how did you so you met uh, Jim? It sounds like, and how did you guys fund the business or the non-business? Yeah, well, I mean, right. I mean, that's what I, on the way over here, I was like, okay, I had to go do this for this bill guy. What, what what am I doing? What am I talking about? Making the brand. I mean, how am I going to talk to this guy about making a non-brand? You know, I get nervous. Well, I think we just. We put some money up. I'm, I'm, I probably put some money up for the first. I mean, they weren't. It wasn't that crazy of a thing. You put, you know, I, I, you know, I remember in about 2004 was the first time I had twenty thousand dollars in the bank, and that's when I bought my home. And somehow I saved it up. I did a bunch of freelance, and I had twenty thousand dollars in the bank, and it was like enough to get into the house with a down payment, and beyond that, have enough money to cover rent for like a while. Right. So, you know, pragmatic Midwesterner. And a couple of years after that, and I'm not trying to brag here, but I had 50 grand in the bank, you know, because that when I when I got the house, it just started getting like I could work out of the house. I could stay up as late as I want in the house. I could you know go to bed whenever I, you know, it, it allowed me to go nuts and it was awesome. And it's like, that's when I started to save more money, you know, and get farther and farther ahead. So by the time I got to Jim Kudal, you know, which is what, 2005, six or something, like I had money to kind of play with a little bit only because I was so, you know, it's a little embarrassing, but so frugal with my budget, you know, like I just didn't, I still don't piss anything away, 
And it's embarrassing to me because I have done pretty well. I'm not, you know, trying to be weird about that, but I don't know how just to let loose and go ape shit because I was never allowed to. Right. So when we, you know, when it, when it was like, let's do this thing, because see, when I made the first 2000, it was 2000 bucks. And it was like, that was money I had laying around. I wasn't trying to sell them. They weren't coming from this point of where, you know, suddenly now I need to turn a profit on these things. Not at all. It was purely like, this shit can go away and it's okay. It's just fun to make these, my, you know, my couple asshole buddies, you know, and that's exactly what it was. It was, it was just really cool, you know, and I, that I, I owe a lot of that to the quote unquote getting ahead. I owe that, you know, I owe that to that, if that, you know, sort of makes sense. It's like, otherwise, you know, I don't know. I, I, I was, I was fidgety and I was freaked out and, and everything else, you know, and it was like, when I got a little bit of money to start playing with it, I could take bigger and bigger risks, you know? So by the time I got to Field Nuts, it was just like, oh, here's some money. Go get up. If it doesn't take off, okay. And then it took off. And some of the things that Jim taught me were like, you know, once it started, when I started to see that it was going to kind of take off, it was really cool because I was like, oh my God, this is actually going to be a thing. And this could be really awesome. And we have to be, you know, sort of smart about, you know, how, how we're going to do this, you know, and not, you know, just lack of better terms, kind of screw it up, you know. And Jim was like, you know, but when I got just any in a just a taste of like, oh, this is going to be a thing, you know, I was ready to start making 19 things, and Jim just kind of pulled me back and said, listen, you know, we don't, we, it's enough to have three things for a while. You know what I mean? It was really cool because it was like, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. And I started to learn how to be frugal yet again and make good decisions. So, I mean, one of the things that I love to say about Field Notes is we've never had a penny of debt. We haven't gone to a bank and said, okay, this is what we're going to do, and you better believe in us and all that kind of shit. We funded it ourselves, and then we got it going, and then people took it from there. You know, So I just, you know, all bullshit aside, me trying to do the plugs and stuff. I just have to have to always say this, you know, in these opportunities. Thank you, thank you for being interested. Thank you for buying the hell out of these things. Everybody listening, thank you so much because, you know, it it it, it very well could have not happened, you know, and I would have been okay with that if that sort of makes sense, you know. It's like I would have been all right with that, you know. Jim just started to show me the way that we could make this thing, you know, like a viable thing. It was really exciting, and then. Every time I'd call in, he'd say, hey, we got another order for this. Or did you see these orders come in? And it's honestly, it was like I wasn't even, I wasn't really even expecting any of that stuff. I just was it was just enough for me to have them in my pocket to use for myself. Right. Like it's pure. It's pure. It's not this thing where it's sort of tainted by, you know, some business plan or 19 partners or broken heart expectations or whatever. We've never had any of that stuff. I talked to Jim today, you know, and it was like. You know, I just love it. Again, I'm always so stressed out here. And he just kind of floats through things so much better than I do. And he, hey, buddy, how you doing? You know, like I get to like take a load off with this guy on the phone. You know what I mean? And work that way, too. It's it's just a real all of it's been like this, just this really cool privilege, you know. So to everyone who's bought some. Holy shit. Thank you so much. Yeah. When you, you mentioned you started to feel like it, it felt like it was starting to work. Um, when was, do you remember the first time you saw one out in the wild? 
Oh my god. I I think I think I remember. I think I remember. And it might have been a mole scheme because it, it might have been a, you know, something else. <laughs> I saw it in a guy's pocket. And this is about 2007. They were available to purchase. They're on a site, you know, at that point maybe it was only sort of tech people or something that knew about it, you know, or, or something to that effect. And I remember seeing it and and here's the thing i didn't really approach the guy you know i just was like wow there it is and it was one of those little like sort of you know birthing moments where you're like oh wow that that is a thing that's happening and we did this you know and it's it's our little baby and whether or not it's cool it's just enough for me that it's ours you know like that's real see this is what skateboarding and snowboarding made it okay for someone like me it was like who gives a shit about being cool? This is happening. You know what I mean? Like this is ours and no one can ever take that away from us. It's like, whether or not it's like, you know, cool or hot shit or the now thing. I remember years ago, there was this cool site called not caught. And I think we got on there and I remember wanting to be on there. And then it was just like that kind of dissolved because it was like, you know what? We we are making the sorts the sorts of stuff that not caught you know this not caught site wants on their you know on their on their site we're making this stuff we're doing it and whether or not they come after us and we get to do that stuff like who gives a shit we're just I'm just enjoying even doing this stuff you know and and and, and you know like the sales have never been giant and and believe me it's gotten better and better but it's more like with Jim at the helm. And smart, smart people making smart decisions, you know, it's just been really like it's just been really cool, you know. It's just been really. I mean, that's just like the, I don't, I don't want to say that it dumbs it down or something, but it's been really cool. Was know? there was there ever a time where you went up to someone and said, "Hey, I I made this"? Uh, there have been a couple times where I, I'm sitting at an airport and like just kind of like, "How are those working for you?" What you do guys, they, oh, What do they on. say? Well, I mean, you know, people are like, oh, they're cool. I saw them in the store. I saw them in this place. And it's like, because what they think is that they're like doing a referral, you know, and it's like, they're like excited. I mean, first of all, it's paper and staples. And I, you know, I, one time I got yelled at for that. Like, you know, you're really just kind of dumb shit down talking like that drap. And I was like, no, no, no. That's what's cool about it. You know, these things don't cost, you know, we are in stores. We are in cool stores that, um, It'd be kind of just fun if I just stopped right there. We are in stores. Well, <laughs> we're in stores that sell six hundred dollar pairs of jeans. You know what I mean? And it's like our shit is nine ninety five there, right? Our shit is twelve ninety five there, and and then and it's not thirteen with a dash or just thirteen. You know, like like these bullshit menus in Portland. It's there's there, there's there's an homage to extra typography. You know, all, I mean, here I get excited because it's like it just started to like become like a playground, you know, and it was like, wow, people are using this stuff. And I did. I went up to a couple of people and would say, well, I, I hope you dig them. Um, I made those. You know, I, I work with those with a, a couple guys and, we, you know, we do this thing and, you know, Michelle does this and I do that and, and Jim does this. And we're out of Chicago and, you know, you see people just light up and go, you know what? I gave these to my dad and he loves them. You know, shit like that. That's like we start like, you know, pretty early on we started to hear things like, um, you know, my dad is, you know, was a Vietnam vet and he's using these things to help with some of his scary stuff. And that's where you're just like, oh, my gosh, this is real and it's powerful 
and it's 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 a thing, and we need to be respectful of how people use these things. I mean, I you know, there's all kinds of stuff. I you know, kind of hipster buzzy buddies using it for you know lyrics and shit. But when I heard that, that was really cool, you know, because it was just like this little thing that we made, and anyone can make these things, right? Right? You know, it's like this little thing that we made. It's affecting someone's therapy or peace of mind. You know, this veteran. And I just, you know, I just, it just started to blow my mind, you know, more and more and more and more. So um, it's been pretty cool. Yeah. And yeah, well, there's something so fundamental about a notebook. Like it has, you know, it has the ability to create and inspire and start from scratch and start over and, uh, yeah, people write in it, they write poetry in it. It's such a great thing to make. You know, you can feel great about making notebooks. It's just the world needs notebooks. We we use them. You know, when you when you get pulled over by, a, you know, the fuzz, the pigs, the cops, the heat, and you get pulled <laughs> over by, you know, officer, they're using that stuff, you know? And it's kind of like, well, our books go into the hands of law enforcement people, and I, I'm just, I'm just really proud to, to kind of help, you know, America out, you know, and make these things. I know it sounds a little ah, grandiose or something, you know, but it's like it's true and it's simple. Or the, the beauty of like someone who like stops me when they recognize me and they say, "Hey, I'm making better and better grocery lists because of your books," you know, and they love to tell me that is the coolest. You know, it's like cool, use them. Put a blog post up. We thank you for using them. And, you know, and, you know, uh, the new ones are coming. There's always something new coming, you know. So I love being a little bit of like P.T. Barnum, you know, in that respect, too. Like, you know, we have the subscribers list. And, and you know, I think it's like, you know, it's like 99 bucks or something. You get four things over the course of the year. And, you know, it sounds like a big number. But, like, you know, you get four shipments. You don't know what you're going to get. And you get these awesome limited editions and little, you know, every order comes with something cool. And they're just, you know, it's just like, I want those things in my life, you know, selfishly. Like, I want to have a surprise in my life. You know, what do we even have like that? You know what I mean? Like, something that just shows up that you didn't see coming. I, I don't really, I can't even really answer it, you know. And, and I love being that for someone, you know, that, you know, we'll get these incredible emails saying, you know, I have found my, my writing again. I have found my artistic side again. My eight-year-old, she is expressing herself in the coolest ways. It's just like, oh, man, it just gets getting cool. It just, it's just cooler and cooler and cooler. And then, you know, I'm a little numb to it now, but I will be, you know, I travel a lot, and I'll be in some airport somewhere, and I'll see someone using them. You know, making notes, and I just kind of sit and you know make a little, um, have a little wink, you know, and freak out and just kind of go, wow, you know, that's real, and that just, you know, that that person's using it, and you know, you big goddamn gorilla, don't go up and just, yeah, you know, <laughs> tackle, them. <laughs> right, freak them out, you know. I mean, that's where like you know Jim and the gang are a little bit better at those moments than maybe I would be. I I, I tend to get a little excited, and then. Um, you know, go go nuts and and it's it, so to answer your question, yeah, it's you know, it's been it's been pretty awesome, you know. What? And, I, and, and oh, just yeah. to say, you know, just to say, wait till you see the new shit we were working on today. It's gonna be awesome. Every time is awesome. You know what I mean? Like, I just love making it. I love seeing people enjoy it. 
collect it. You know, our originals, our originals go for like a thousand bucks on eBay and shit. Wow. Yeah. People should also write in them. <laughs> I know. Imagine that. I know. Uh, you know, some of my, my rat buddies, they have this stuff, <laughs> you know, laying around from and these guys. I know, mean, just, you know, people always say, yeah, you talk horrible about these guys. <laughs> I'm talking the truth, Bill. Well, anyway, uh, uh, you know, they have, I gave them piles of that shit back in 2007. And they're sitting on, you know, a junk drawer somewhere of like $1,000 collectible field notes. Like, no kidding. Like, you know. It's so cool, you know, and because we have this collector culture that is just, frankly, apeshit, you know. What what brought you from, you mentioned you started in Chicago and now you live in Portland. What brought you from the Midwest to, to Portland? Well, Jim is in Chicago. I actually am from Traverse City, Michigan, up north, um, about six hours north. But I was coming back from the west. I was coming back from the west and as a fan of Jim Kudal, what it was was I – picked up on this on you know, Kudal Partners as this like, you know, someone said, hey, go check their daily signals out. And they just, you know, they're just curious people that had good taste in art, architecture, cool things, trinkets, gadgets, cool shit, just cool shit. And that was enough for me. And I reached out to Jim and said, hey, I, I just, I really dig what you guys are about. And I have to come home a lot. And I would, I would love to come and meet you guys, you know. And Jim said something like, Hey, we know about you too, you know, Aaron Draplin or whatever it was. And, um, and that's how we kind of became buddies. The next time I went through there, you know, I went and, uh, you know, saw these guys, met these guys and it was, you know, we became, that's when I gave them the stack, you know, and that's when we became buddies. It was, it was pretty cool. And are they, is the company based in Portland or in Chicago? Well, I would say, you know, the heartbeat is in, in Portland, Oregon. No, it's definitely based in Chicago. There's, you know, a bunch of elves back there working on stuff, <laughs> kicking ass, doing what it takes to get this stuff done. It's awesome. You know, I'm in Portland and I'm on the road a lot and it's a little more of an, you know, sort of an evan- evangelical position. You know, I'm out talking about it, talking this thing up, getting kids excited about it, you know, on my travels and my things and my stuff. And, you know, when I'm back there, you know, it can be everything from, you know, uh, like like we go back and sign them for people, you know, like, you know, you know, kids want their shit signed and stuff. It's 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 awesome. A couple of years ago, there was uh, I was at this book signing um, uh, record signing thing. It was with Steve Earle, who I'm a fan of and Steve Earle. And I heard him say to the crowd, he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. After I play my songs, I'm going to stick around and I'm going to sign your shit. And I remember it being a little deflating. Like, you know what, man? I just bought your record. Like everything that you're supposed to be doing, I just supported. And it's this this thing I'm holding in my hands, it's not shit. You know, it's it's not it, it's 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 your livelihood, you know, you fucking troubadour or whatever the hell, you know, Steve Earl. And and it was just like this moment where I was like, you know what? When those kids come up to me, I'm gonna make it cool. I'm gonna listen. Because when we met him, you know, a couple minutes later, we stood in the line. He does, yeah, 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 he does a little sign on the shit. We take a stupid photo. I make a, you know, whatever, some dumb face, and I'm out of there, you know. And it was just kind of like, I don't know, just like little lessons of, like, you know, to be in this weird position. You know, this is all part of this stuff, but it's based in Chicago. You know, when we have parties, it's in Chicago. There's the people come in, you know, from around there. And, uh, yeah, Chicago. Okay, I gotta let you go in a couple of minutes, but I have three uh, quick, fun ones. Um, Rapid fire, let's go. What's something on your bucket list? Um, ooh, on my bucket list, 
Um, getting smaller, getting smaller. I'm a, I'm a man of size. I'm a big man. I'm, uh, I tend to tip the scales to the rotund side of life, but I am down 36 pounds. So, Billy, Congrats. it sounds like you're about 184 pounds, let me guess. I don't I have no idea. Uh, 212, 212. Okay, well, you know, getting down to fight and wait for the summer. Well, I've always been a big guy. And you sit on your ass and click a mouse and eat nice sandwiches and shit, and the pounds go on, and blah, blah, blah. So one of my bucket lists, to get fucking smaller, and it's starting to happen. So, That's awesome. By, by the year 2044, I'll be down to fighting weight. Of 616 pounds. So just cross your fingers, Bill. Uh, Sixth grade for me. Okay, next question. Uh, if you had a 30-second or a 60-second Super Bowl ad and you could choose anyone in the world to represent field notes, who would you choose and why? Oh, my God. That's a fun question. Um, the lead singer of Creed. No, I'm lying. I'm lying. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. That's just a really fun question. Who would it be? I don't know. I think... The first thing that comes to mind, it would just be a group of our users. That's it. Yeah, like, that's a good one. I mean, I'd love to have Barack Obama, you know, get up there and say, "Oh, are you? You know, I use it. You know, whatever. You know, or you know, the, yeah. I, you know, I don't. I mean, it would be like one of our users, you know, that loves the stuff and uses it, you know, and it'd be a collection of something like that. So, yeah. yeah. Do, um, and then final question, if you weren't working on field notes or if you weren't working on design, I guess, broadly, because you do have a whole a pretty very successful design agency, what would you be doing? I'd go back to my old line of work. And I was an exotic dancer. Perfect. Just kidding. Just kidding. No, I, I think I'd build homes. I would build homes. Um, there's something, there's something pretty magical about, you know, I mean, just how those bastards lie. Oh God, how do you, you can't trust contractors, you can't trust web developers. But um, I built this shop in my backyard a year ago, and it is, um, it's pretty cool. You know, my commute is ten steps now, and what my buddy Robbie did, you know, and and. You know, I, I, he won't hear this. He doesn't, you know, he's so sick of listening to graphic design shit out of my mouth. But what he does for people, it's pretty inspiring. You know, he makes where you spend your life cool, you know. So there's something about that. And, I, you know, there's, there's, there's time yet to go do that. You know, I mean, if the graphic design thing, I'm not changing anything anytime quick. I'm going to do as long as I, they'll have me. Um, but it'd be something along those lines. Yeah, yeah. I think that, yeah, there's something fundamentally similar about that and a notebook, right? You give someone a, a fresh yeah. new home and you give someone a fresh notebook. Yeah, there is something just about, I just like, you know, the idea that like he made me something that I use in my life, my, my contractor, and I will love him forever for it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, I know it's a transactional thing and it's fast and it's whatever, but I will never forget it, you know, and I mean, I can't, I look forward to doing it again because I would know what to attack in different ways, you know, but um, I'd probably build homes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, I really appreciate you coming on. This was really fun. Um, cool. Enjoy the rest of your night and uh, thank you so much. And um, yeah, keep up the great work. All right. Thanks, Billy. We'll see you around and uh, take care, all you listeners. Thank you. All right. See ya. Thank you everyone so much for listening. If you just can't get enough of the pod, please go to makingthebrand.co, sign up for our monthly newsletter. We will not spam your inbox. We will make sure that all of the newsletters are awesome. It only goes out once a month. 
uh, consumer insights, exclusive content, everything you want but don't get from the pod. Um, I really appreciate it. So if you're interested, please, makingthebrand.co, add your email address. Uh, It really means a lot to me. So uh, I appreciate it. And as always, I appreciate you listening. Love you all.